Let's get started. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Scumtown. I am your host, Vinny Beetle. I'm here today with a very special guest all the way from California, straight out of Modesto County, janky, janky promoter land. My boy, Joseph Rudman, a.k.a. J. Rudd's World. What's up, Joe? What's going on, man? Good to be here. Welcome to Scumtown, dude. How are you feeling today? Man, I feel good, man. I feel good. I woke up this morning, did my workout, and it's relaxing, man. Oh, yeah? You like to work out, bro? You see these guns? I'm a big chubby boy, but I like to think of myself <laughs> as like an 80s pro wrestler that, uh, you know what I mean? Like, he, yeah, he, I, he doesn't have the mass, but he's got that retard yeah. strength, kind of, you know what I mean? <laughs> I can see it, I can see it. <laughs> Joe, before we get started, I want to give a quick shout-out to a couple of our sponsors today. Uh, a great company that sponsors the show, Sweet Heel CBD. These are products that are used to help better people's lives. They're used for health. They're used for mental purposes. And this company makes all kinds of products. They make lotion. They make shampoo infused with CBD. They can make pre. They have pre-rolled joints. You guys who, who like to smoke the CBD, and they also make a hand sanitizer. So go to www.sweetheel.com. And for all sales over $50, you could use promo code BEETLE to get 20% off. So, yeah, go check that out. Also, guys, go on Facebook. Check out the Honda Hoarders group or Instagram at Honda Hoarders. If you guys have an old quad, dirt bike, uh, trike, any kind of motorized something, and you know it's sitting around for a while even if it's not working, and you know that you need to get some cash for that, go over to the Honda Hoarders page on Instagram or join the Facebook group. Hit up my boy Vinny, and uh, we grew up together, and he will literally buy it off you. He's like a little American picker for that stuff. He just travels around looking for quads and dirt bikes to buy and sell. He's a little hustler. And so thank you, Honda Hoarders, for supporting you know the show. They actually bought a uh, Bam Margera cameo video, uh, which is about $65, and Bam basically just shouted out Honda Hoarders and Scumtown Podcast and got a half a million views online. So we really appreciate wow. Honda Hoarders and Sweet Heels CBD. Okay, Joe, California man, you got your own podcast. Talk to me about what you know, where you know. Give us a little bit of uh, you know, quick where you're from, who you are, and what made you get into the podcasting world. Yeah, man, absolutely. So, um, what's going on, everybody? My name is Jay Rudd, host of Jay Rudd's World, and I am from uh, Chicago, Illinois. I was born in Chicago. Um, I'm the oldest of nine kids. I'm adopted. And I just moved around a lot, man. I've been uh, to Chicago, California, Tennessee, Texas. You know, it's just been a journey. Oh, you you moved place. around to all those different places? Oh, yeah, all, all those different places. Why Why did you move so much? Uh, my dad got laid off his job a lot of <coughs> or He got new job opportunities elsewhere. So, you know, he just had to move around. That's great. Hey, I'm a traveling dude. Jumped at the age of, yeah, man. Go ahead, go ahead. You started playing drums when? Uh, at the age of 13, I started playing drums at the age of 13. It's weird because my parents got me Beatles Rock Band. You know, back whenever that was popular, they got me Beatles Rock Band. And so I fiddled around with the drum set. And, you know, and each color stood for something. Like, red was always going to be the snare. Yellow was always going to be the hi-hat. Green and blue was, like, a cymbal or a tom drum of some sort. So after I started doing that, I was like... This is easy. I yeah, yeah. It, it, it gave you the basics of understanding what drumming is. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that's cool, exactly. man. So what is it? Like, what state were you living at that point when, when you were drumming? Uh, I was in Chicago at that point. We've been, so the way that we moved around, I've been to Chicago twice. So 
was born in Chicago, then we moved to Modesto, and then we moved to um, Tennessee, then we moved to Texas. Then what uh, what part of Tennessee were you living in? It's a small town called Paris, Paris, Tennessee. Wow. 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 Home, yeah, home of the world's largest fish fry is what they Oh, that's awesome. I spent a lot of time doing comedy in Knoxville, Gatlinburg area in Tennessee. We've I've traveled all up and down the East Coast. But that's pretty interesting when you talk about being a, a drummer in Chicago. I see now you're wearing a Chicago Bulls hat. The, yeah, you gotta represent. Yeah, I, I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. The new documentary on ESPN just came out. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Oh, gotta check fan. it out. Yeah, yeah, it's good, right? I haven't checked. Oh, it. you got him, man. It's awesome. It's awesome. But that's funny though. As a young black kid growing up in Chicago, you didn't want to pick up a basketball. You were like, oh, I want to, I want to, I want to drum. I want to be a drummer. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I play basketball a little. You ball out? Yeah, good. I ball out a little here and there. We're going to have to play a few games of horse, man. I got like a tire around my waist, so I can't do much uh, cardio these days, but we'll get a little game of horse going on when we uh, meet up. So. So California, man, and Modesto, it's funny that you told me, you know, you live 10 minutes from Modesto because one of my favorite comedy movies is Janky Promoters with Ice Cube and Mike Epps, and that movie was based out of Modesto. So, like, do you guys get, like, a stigma for that? Does anybody ever talk about that or nobody does? No, nothing really. Oh, man. It's crazy because basically the whole story revolved around them wanting to be big-time rap promoters, and they were bringing in young Jeezy, and I don't know. I just thought it was funny that it was, like, the middle of nowhere. But they were doing it, man. And that's what's kind of like how my start started my uh, comedy career was I would promote my own comedy shows. And I would always try to build them up to people like they were going to be this amazing experience. And sometimes they were and sometimes they weren't. You know? So I guess I just related to that movie. But I've actually never been to California. No, nope, never been. I live in Connecticut now. I'm actually moving to Orlando, Florida to start a, a new company. Um, and, yeah, so I, I'm really eager to get down to – Went once this pandemic's over to get to where tourism is because I feel like in our business especially, even if it's just meeting new people on a daily basis out there, the podcasts can grow big, you know, in a place that gets 80 million people a year to visit it. You know what I mean? So that's pretty cool. Um, all right. So, you you know, what made you get into the podcasting world? Um, well, I never really thought I would get into podcasting. At first, I thought I was like, "What's so interesting about getting in front of a microphone and have to talk to people, or what have you?" But, um, but what made me get into it is that you know, Godfrey. I was watching his interviews on Vlad, and every now and then he'd mention this podcast. But man, it's like Godfrey's hilarious. So I was like, "Man, I gotta check it. I gotta check it out." And so, right around the time whenever the Steve Harvey video came out, remember that Steve Harvey video that he did? He did the impression of Steve Harvey. Yeah, yeah. The shit was like Harvey. spot on, and it got like million, a million plus views on YouTube. Got a, yeah, I got a million plus views on YouTube. So I was like, man, like this is what's happening on this podcast. I'm gonna go check it out. And then I just started listening to it. And I was like, man, I said, I want to start doing this because you know I like how in podcasting, you know, in podcasting is big. You know, people sit and you know they like address real topics. And, you know, at the same time they're like entertaining and stuff. So I said, you know what? I have a lot of things to say. You know, I have a lot of things to say, and I want people to listen. So you know. I might as well just start my own podcast. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I noticed that too about your show is that you you tend to t you know talk about all different topics, and I do notice that you talk about relationships a lot too. Are you in a relationship now, or are you single guy, oh, single dude, single. single ready to mingle? Yeah, that's cool. So single ready to mingle. Um, People keep playing. Girls keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> keep playing. It's not. 
Well, I mean, listen, you got a bright future ahead of you, so I'm pretty sure you just keep doing what you're doing, and that's going to fall into place. You know what I mean? It all does. It all does. I thought I was going to be alone forever, and I met my wife at a comedy show with 10 people there, so I didn't even think that would be the night that I fell in love, and I did. You know, we've been together for like five years, so... Um, and we've had our problems. Everybody has problems, but it's relationships are definitely about working through them and communicating even through your darkest times, right? It's like, you know, even if you've had those, you know, bad mental moments or whatever, it's definitely about open communication. So you, you listen to Godfrey's podcast. Um, of course, a good friend of the show, Andre Kim, episode four, and Andre We Do Not Trust is the co-host of that show. Shout out to Andre Kim. We love him. We were talking about him before the show. We love you, Andre. We want you to come home to Scumtown, but you got to get on the air, man. I mean, that's it. He's got to come on Scumtown, and you can't do that without addressing the fake mafia story. So we'll just (laughs) – Joe gives a little evil – Joker laugh. We'll get him on here. I actually am very, very good friends with Andre. So even when me and my friends don't talk, we tend to always come back because uh, I've just spent too much time talking to the man on the phone. Hours and hours and hours. And spent a lot of great moments of my career with him. <laughs> so it's uh, it's one of those things. It's like a tag team in the WWF that breaks up dramatically. You know, the, the biggest team in the world breaks up, but then they come back together ceremoniously one day to become champions of the world and you're going to be there. You know, you're going to be there, Joe, when that happens. Cause you connected us. You're a fan of his, you became a fan of mine and now you're doing your own podcast. So that's, that's amazing thing, you know, and, and believe me, and a lot of people are going to see uh, the evolution of your show. And, and I believe with, you know, me being behind it and, and helping as much as I can producing it and bringing on awesome guests. It, sky's the limit for Jay Rudd's world. Yeah. So go listen to Jay Rudd's world. If you guys have Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor, it's on Breaker, or Breaker. It's on all these different platforms that Anchor will push us to, including Spotify. So you could go to Anchor and subscribe to Jay Rudd's world and hear what this man has to say. That's what the world wants right. to hear. They want to hear what you got to say. The realest podcast in the world, but I don't cuss. I don't do none of that cussing stuff. I used to, though. I used to cuss on that. But then I was like, man, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird because have you ever have you ever listened to yourself and then you're just like, man, I don't like this. I do it every episode, Joe. I listen to myself yeah, every episode and I don't like it. But guess what? You know, having Scumbag Vinny as a producer of your show is not going to bring that element. He's going to come church close Come scumbag Vinny's gonna come every week, professional, ready to produce this podcast. No cuss words on J Red's world. You want to hear me say fucking shit and bitch and everything? You come to Scumtown. That's where you come to listen to it, and it might be even where you be able to let loose a little bit. Not now, because we want them to know who you are. We don't want you to get out of character for us. Um. Anyway, so you we were talking about some of your favorite stand-up comedians before the show started, and uh, you happened to mention in conversation T.K. Kirkland. Is he a comedian that you like? TK is a motherfucking K. Yeah, man. <laughs> TK's I a legend. I'm telling you, man. I will say this. I will say this. Uh, comedians in the urban comedy scene, in the black comedy world, legendary ones do not get the credit that they deserve. Uh, it, it is 100% the truth. It, it just, to me, I, I, I know that, you know, guys like TK Kirkland. Uh, don't get as much notoriety as like an Artie Lang, even though they've been doing comedy together for 20 plus years. So I, um, 
what I think is that they need their recognition and they've done comedy for 30 years plus making people laugh all over the country. And it's a, uh, it's an amazing thing. As we lose J Rudd, we're going to get him back here online. We're going to go ahead and wait for him to reconnect. Cause something's going on here with the connection. All right, Scumtown, we're back. We lost him. California to Connecticut has got a weak connection right now. Joe is over there with that Cricket Wireless sponsorship. And <laughs> All right, so really quick, we got disconnected, but that happens. It's quarantine time. We're not in the same room. We're across the country. We're back. Right. We're live. We're going to insert an ad right in the middle there. And uh, people that are coming back to the show now. We were talking about legendary comedians in the urban comedy scene not getting the credit that they deserve. I've worked with some legendary comedians, man. T.K. Kirkland I've worked with. I've worked with guys like Artie Lang. It's unbelievable the kind of notoriety nationally through news news people and everything that guys like Artie will get over guys like T.K. And I've seen both perform, and I just think they're both brilliant. And so I would just like to see black comedians in the in the legendary scene, the not not the Kevin Hart's and the guys you see in movies every time get the notoriety that they deserve. You know, I have a really cool T.K. Kirkland story uh, from when I first started comedy. If you want to hear it, oh yeah, man, for sure. So actually, uh, I was only twenty one years old at the time. It was eight years ago, and. Uh, I was working for this promoter at the time. His name is Cool Mike Ski. He's a legendary DJ in New York, and he would throw comedy shows in Connecticut from time to time. And I would promote them for, for him when he was in the New Haven area. And he had this show in Stanford, Stanford, I'm sorry, in Connecticut, which is more toward New York. And he said to me, uh, Vinny, I have this show. You know, I want you to come be a part of it. And so I drove out to Stanford, and as soon as I walked in, I, I seen TK Kirkland uh, standing at the bar and the crowd was filling in. The, the show was about to be sold out and I was going to be the only white guy in the entire club. But I didn't mind that. I was really like where I felt most comfortable on stage. And TK was at the bar and immediately went up to him and I introduced myself. I said, hey, man, I'm Vinny. You know, I'm opening for you tonight, blah, blah, blah. Just real excited. And the, the locker room etiquette, I say locker room like we're backstage kind of. The etiquette for comedians behind the stage is that now I would know if it's like a, a guy like that who's been around, you know, instead of really introducing me and talking about what I've done, I really should have been paying more attention to him. You know what I mean? And, and, and saying, you know, I'm a fan and this and that, but I was really trying to talk about myself a lot. So anyways, he says, oh, it's great to meet you. It's great to meet you. Well, I'm going on before he does. You know, I'm the act that opens the show before him. And TK comes up to me about a minute before they're about to call my name on stage. And the crowd has heard like three comedians already and they're laughing and having a great time. And TK said, young fella, he goes, um, I, I have to leave. He says, I can't stay for the show entirely. I, I have a midnight show in New York City with Eddie Griffin, who I don't know if you know Eddie Griffin is. He's a famous actor. He's been in tons of movies legendary comedian in his own right and he said I'm, I'm working with eddie griffin and he showed me the flyer was at gotham in new york city at midnight tonight you know and he's got to drive from stanford connecticut to to new york city and i was like geez man i said this guy you know has got to go work with a celebrity of course i have to basically what he was asking me joe is to let him go on stage before me 
and then I would have to follow him, which, you know, in a normal comedy show, I don't know if you know much about stand-up shows, but the headliner has to go last because not only does he do the most time, but he has the most experience. He's the best comedian on the lineup, and he's what people paid their money to see, you know. Right. He said he said to me, he said, listen, he said, if I take this spot and I go on stage before you, he said, what's going to happen is they're going to laugh their asses off. I'm a 20-year veteran. And you're probably going to bomb when you go on stage after me just because of the fact that they're already going to be laughing so hard at me. It's going to be very hard to follow. He said, I I'm going to be honest with you. He said, when I was younger, Eddie Murphy did this to me. He said, Eddie right. Murphy told me he had to go finish shooting a movie and, and we were in L.A. and he had to take my spot. And Eddie Murphy went on and he said he was unbelievably funny. He was just the funniest I've ever seen anybody. People were literally laughing so hard and crying, he said. And then when I went on stage, I sucked so bad, he said. But what I learned from that moment is I didn't want to quit at that moment. He said that moment Eddie Murphy told me he had to bump me and go on stage before me. TK said, I knew that when I bombed that night, I wasn't going to give up comedy. And uh, as he's saying this to me, dude, obviously I remember it all, but I don't care. I just want to kill myself, honestly. I'm just like, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> I'm like, he goes on stage. He's about four minutes into his jokes, Joe. And I see people like women are literally slapping their knees laughing. Like, I can't even listen to anything he's saying because I'm so upset and angry. But as I look at the crowd, like, one lady got up and started stomping around like it was she was in church and the spirit just overcame her or something. Like TK Kirkland just gave the most masterful performance of all time. He's just the best comedian in the world. He's just fucking destroying these people, killing them. One guy dies of a heart attack. Everybody's going crazy in the crowd. He leaves, walks directly out the door, and they say, Ladies and gentlemen, your headliner, Vinnie Beetle. And dude, I walk out on stage and it's at first complete silence because they're looking at a five nine fat white kid. And and they're like, How is he how is he headlining over TK Kirkland? Like they're just asking themselves that. They're like, the show should be over. That should be it. But they threw me on stage and with all everything he said about Eddie Murphy and bombing and doing so bad and everything. The only thing I could think of on stage at the time, and I said, I know what you guys are all thinking here. What is this white kid doing on stage after TK Kirkland? And then I said, I don't know. I made up some joke like my dad owns the club. <laughs> you know, like, like like they had to listen to me. And they laughed. They all laughed. And then I went into some stupid corny bits about having a small dick and stuff like that. And they loved it. They absolutely loved it. And... uh I never got to talk to TK Kirkland after that. Now, my career ended up going exactly not where I wanted it to, but there's been some success and some good times, you know. And so I wanted to always see him after that because I always felt like going up to him and being like, hey, man, yeah, I know he's going to remember me because how many white guys has he told that exact story to and cut like that in line in Connecticut going to work with Eddie Griffin? Of course he's going to remember, you know. And uh, meeting him just to say like, hey, I didn't bomb. I did pretty damn good, you know. And uh, I don't know. So that was uh, my T.K. Kirkland story for you. Yeah, he did, man. He was like, he's like, fuck this. And you know what else? Actually, an even funnier story. Uh, 
there's two comedians took a picture with me. I put it as my Facebook profile and I got my arms like this and they're both black comedians. And it just was my Facebook profile picture for like 12 months. Well, I, my, my biggest comedic influence growing up was Dave Chappelle. I absolutely love Dave Chappelle. Chappelle's show to me is the funniest show it's ever been on TV. And so he's the reason I actually wanted to do stand-up comedy specifically. And uh, he was retired at the time. He actually just started doing stand-up again a few years ago. And so like I couldn't go to Dave Chappelle shows or meet him or work with him. So I wanted to work with everybody else who had been on Chappelle's show. Well, one day in New Haven, Connecticut, there was a flyer up that Paul Mooney was going to be uh, in, the, in uh, performing in the show. And, and he, I don't know if you know who he is, but he uh, basically used to open and write for Richard Pryor. He wrote for the show Good Times. And he was on Dave Chappelle as like a reoccurring character as a Negro Domus and um, Ask a Black Dude with Paul Mooney. Fucking hysterical, bro. Legends in his 60s at the time. Fucking legendary comedian. Now, he also hates white people, okay? Hates them. Like half his jokes are about hating white people. Well, anyways, I want to be on this show. So I call the promoter and I get on the phone and I'm like, dude, I will sell 30 tickets to the show if you give me five minutes. And the guy's like, all right. He's like, if you could sell 30 tickets, I'll do it. You know, I'll do it. Well, I didn't sell any tickets because none of my white family members knew who the fuck Paul Mooney was or even gave a shit. And uh, I was just like, fuck, man, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do this. So I show up to the show and the promoter's standing there and, and this guy named Freeze, I'm really good friends with him to this day. He's like a 42-year-old fat-ass black dude, <laughs> promoter. And he stares at me in my eyes and he goes, who are you? And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm Vinny. I'm the comedian that's opening for Paul Mooney tonight. He goes, nah, I'm sorry, dude. You got the wrong place. I said, bro, what are you talking about? We talked on the phone. You said I could be on the show. He said, show me. Show me the Facebook messages. I show him the messages. He clicks on my profile picture. He goes, he points to one black dude in my picture. He goes, you're not that guy? I said, no. He points to the other black guy. He goes, you're not that guy? I said, no. And then he points me in the middle. He goes, you're this guy, you know? And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's me. And he's like, oh, I can't believe this, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe this mistake. You know, this is crazy. I got 500 people coming here. You're the only other comedian I have. There's a host. Her name's Mika Jean. She's an amazing comedian. She's, uh, you can find her on Facebook. Hysterical comedian. She's hosting the show. So Paul Mooney hasn't arrived yet. And uh, 500 people come, you know, 500 fucking people at this place. Mika goes on stage and she does her jokes and now she's about to call me up and the guy goes, look, go up there and do five minutes. And he goes, get off the stage before Paul Mooney gets here. Because if Paul Mooney finds out that some white kid is open for him, he might not even do this show. You know, he, he wasn't told this, you know, all this stuff. So I go on stage dude. I'm up there for five minutes. I got these people laughing so hard. Paul Mooney walks in the door. And the promoter looks at me and he says, keep going. Cause Paul wanted to eat first. And, uh, he didn't even end up eating at that time. He had just wanted to get settled, I guess. And so I ended up getting to do like 15 or 20 minutes on stage. And this crowd fucking adored me, man. It was amazing. And Paul Mooney comes up and he does about 15 minutes of material on how I'm the white devil. And uh, I don't know. It was just funny and very funny stuff. Afterwards, I ate chicken tenders with a legendary comedian off of a styrofoam plate in New Haven, Connecticut. And I just remember thinking, like, dude, none of this would have ever happened if I hadn't taken a risk, Joe. You know what I mean? Like, I had yeah. taken so many risks to live my dream. 
And uh, those that's exactly what I want you to do in your life, man. I want you to take those risks and just basically put your heart and soul into something, put all your hard work behind it, and, and you will see positive things come from that shit. So just a couple little... Absolutely. When I have somebody like you backing me up, Vinny, man, I know, man. A lot of people are going to laugh at that. They're going <laughs> to... <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I hear stories. I hear stories, you know, about, you know, scumbag Vinny or what have you. I'm just like, you know what? I don't really go... I go off of experience, you know, and so far I haven't had a bad experience. Well, listen, the bottom line is, bro, there's, there might be a couple bad experiences, but... It's it, the people that always end up being those. First of all, there are a lot of negative people about me that talk on the internet that I've never even met me in my entire life. You know what I mean? They're going off stories they've heard about me with Bam Margera or Artie Lang or some other celebrity I've worked with. And uh, yeah, so you do have to base it off personal experiences. And we're human, man. None of us are perfect. The main thing, especially in business, when you're working together, if something doesn't go the way it's supposed to or there's a change, it's all about communication and being accountable. You know what I mean? And uh, and producing results. So that's the kind of business person you're going to see when you're working with me, man. It's just like everybody looks at the character and they think like, oh, man, Scumbag Vinny he's going to do this and that. You know, a lot of people don't even realize that a lot of the shit with me and Bam is fake. And even on the podcast, uh, I'll still go into it like it's not fake and, and hopefully keep them confused for so long. They just enjoy my voice and listening to my stories. But you know, when people have substance abuse issues like Bam did have at the time, they're going to look to anybody to point at it. I was just a guy with a thousand followers who a guy with two million followers told was a bad person, you know. So if he's got two million followers, 250,000 people came to my page in one day just threatening me, you know what I mean? Who had never met me or done any work with me just because Bam Margera said so, you know what I mean? So at that point, it was like, I either lean into this thing and make it a career as, as who I am or, uh, or I try to fight it and they don't believe it anyway. At least now having heard, you know, 20 odd episodes of my podcast, listening to this, it might come full circle and make a little more sense to them. You know what I mean? Like that's just kind of how I look at it. And, uh, also another thing to learn is that if they're talking at all in this business, it's good. You know what I mean? If they're mentioning your name at all, good, bad, and different, fuck it. They're mentioning your name. And uh, staying relevant, I guess, is half the game. You know what I mean? And then the other half is putting out, you know, good content. What, are you outside right now? Yeah, I'm outside, man. I live on a farm. Do you really? Show us around. Yeah. My camera, my camera is off. Did you turn my camera off? No, your camera's good. I can see you. Really? Yeah. Oh, Now, so, see my pigs over here? You got my pigs? Wow. I got my pigs. And we used to have cows. We used to have cows back there, but they ran away. I don't know. I have no idea what they got. They ran away. So they come back, or they're just gone for good? Oh, they're gone for good, man. They ran away. We have no idea. We, we were going to kill them. I was going to have steak, but not too bad. <laughs> so wait a minute. How yeah. much does a cow cost? Um, shoot. I can't say. I can't say. You guys definitely uh, lost a good chunk of change. Two big ass cows running away. We lost. Yeah, man. I, I have no idea where they are. <laughs> these, 
man. These are the chickens. Holy shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. You guys get fresh eggs every day? We get fresh eggs every day. I got a funny story. One time, my sister, uh, she was making eggs, and she cracked open a rotten one and dumped it in the whole house. Oh, God. But what? Uh, so, so you work on the farm, though. Yeah, I, I work. I work a little bit. I mean, I see. We sell. We sell these goats. We sell these goats. But you know, the the most I do is that you know I just walk by and I feed them every day. Yeah. What uh? What what do you sell? Who do you sell the goats to? People who want. People who want. People who want goats. I'm not, I'm not really. Yeah, man. My parents normally do all that stuff. I don't know who they sell it to. I'm just the one that goes around and gets I think your podcast needs so. to change about the fact, like, you need a reality show about uh, a black American family owning a farm in the middle of California. <laughs> no, no, my parents, no, my parents are white. I'm adopted. Are you really? Yeah, man. Oh, dude, we got to meet your all parents then. Dude, man. All, all my siblings are, like, all different uh, races. Cambodian. Uh, my older brother, he's he's black, and my sister's all white. So. Holy shit, dude! You the things you learn about yeah, people. Oh yeah, that's amazing. I mean, your story is so much, dude. Fuck the topics you're talking about. This is the story. <laughs> yeah, I it... mean, I, I might I might have mentioned uh, I might have mentioned it on my podcast with Tabby, but you know, maybe like once or twice. You got the nice little court set up there too. This is amazing. Oh, people could come and buy yeah. stuff there. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. What do you got? Roosters in the background? You got roosters in the back, man. You know, it's nice. It's peaceful living on a farm. My, I mean, my thing is like, how long did you guys look for the cows before you gave up? <laughs> uh, we looked for a good. We looked for a good while. We looked for a good while because at first it's just like, where's the cows go? But yeah, we looked for a good while. And then we're like, eh. <laughs> we're like, uh, I mean, how long has I it know, been? I mean, it's been a long time. Like, we'll say a few months. Dude, you should put their faces on one of those milk cartons you guys are selling. <laughs> Missing the cow that made this milk. The cow that made this milk. Here's, here's what I'm trying to say, though, dude. Like, like, you guys aren't missing a cat. Like, people are going to see them. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't put I mean, any signs no up? Ever... No, but. No. No, man. I don't think. I don't know, man. Like I said, that's my parents, man. I really. I just feed the. How I knew was that? I went over there and I feed the cat. And now they're gone. Now they're gone. I got to tell you, man, I'm going to put a huge PSA out there uh, for anybody 10 miles within the Modesto County, California area. J Rudd. In J. Rudd's world, he's missing two cows. So if you see him, what color were they? Yeah, um, the normal cow color, black and white. Really? That's a shame. That's a shame. They had udders? Yeah, they have udders. So if you guys see any cows in the Modesto area. Let us know. Let us know. But wait a minute. But you guys still sell milk. So where are you getting the milk from? The goats? Yeah, we, yeah, we got goats. You guys are tricking people and saying it's cow milk? <laughs> no, 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 no. We ain't tricking people saying it's, it's cow milk. You know, we just have... Uh, you sell goat milk. milk. Do you we sell cow milk, milk still or no? 
because the cows are gone. Oh, man, dude. Like, I just want to get you cows back. I mean, we were, we were going to kill them anyway. So. You really were? Well, we were. We were going to kill them. We were going to have steak. And so you guys were like, huh, maybe they fucking heard or the chickens told them or something. Probably. Probably. Maybe the pig said, yo, you guys better get out of here, man. They're planning on killing you. Now, let me ask you something. Have you ever made, like, bacon from one of them pigs or what? Nah. What do you guys get from the pigs? Uh, absolutely nothing. We just feed them stuff. Maybe we're maybe we're just like getting them fat, you know. And yeah, and then you'll have the hot dogs and the bacon and the and the ham and shit. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. sometimes sometimes if any of y'all go out there and I'll be eating a hot dog. We had hot dogs at, uh, for dinner a couple nights ago. I just went out there and I started eating hot dogs in front of them. I said, you know, this could be you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, 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 what are the things that you guys could get from? So, you got the goat milk, you got the eggs, and uh, do you guys ever eat the chickens? Uh, no, no. See, I have no idea why we have all these all these animals, but you know, we just don't feed them what we have. Do kids uh, get to come and like see them? Do you guys let little kids come and pet them and shit? Oh yeah, oh yes. Yeah. So, occasionally, we'll have uh, we'll have like these gatherings. We'll have parties and stuff like that. We just had one last year. You know, a bunch of our friends would come, and, you know, the kids will like, play on the farm, you know. Stuff that's like that. cool. That's cool. Well, hey, man, so eggs are really it. Eggs and milk. Eggs and milk, man. Oh, what about veggies? You guys grow veggies? We do. We do grow veggies. See, that's a we big part of a farm. Oh, yeah, man. We got a, we got cherry trees going, too. Wow. And then my, yeah, my little brothers and sisters, they'll be like, take us up to the cherry tree, and then they'll just, they'll just be climbing the tree like hitting trees. Bro, like you got some. Some of them be like, you got some Huckleberry oh, Finn shit going on over there. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. You're like some of the cherries. They're not. They're not really ripe. They're, they're not really ripe. So anytime I see them getting like this, uh, like this not really ripe, I'm like, don't eat that. Do not eat that. <laughs> I picture you just being like, Mom, Paul. One day I'm going to talk into the radio, and I'll never see you guys again. How do you know that's what I said? <laughs> see that? <laughs> no, nah, I mean the beauty of it is you have all that land. I would just build a fucking house. I mean, how much land do you guys oh. have? Oh, we got a bunch, dude. This is my mom. This is my mom's trailer. Oh wow! My mom got a trailer. Yeah. Is that a little office or a little uh, just a little she home? Calls it, she calls it. Yeah, she calls it her she shed. She felt inspired by the State Farm commercial. She said, <laughs> she said, she told my dad, I want a she shed. I'm like, man, I was like, she spends all the time in there. I was like, I'm going to burn her down. Oh, my goodness. You know what's funny is she just needs her space sometime, man. I, look, it's just the way it is. Don't even hate about it, you know? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I love her. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. But uh, we, uh. I mean, have you ever met your real parents? Do you know who your, like, do you know who your real no, parents are? Never. Wow. I have no idea. Do you know where they're from? I have no idea where they are from. My mom would tell me about my foster, about my foster mom because, you know, after my birth, mom gave me up. I had a foster mom, and uh, what she would do is that she would sit. I used to have a throat whenever I was a kid, like I was an asshole. So my mom would tell me what she would do: would sit me in front of the TV, and have me watch the Catholic Channel all day. Wow. Hey, I'm Catholic. I'm Catholic. I know I, I, I'm a sinner, 
but I know God yeah. forgives. You know, that's why he died right. for us, brother. That's it. That's why he died for us, you know? Yeah. Um, hey, man, I'm really loving getting to know you here. I love it. I love the whole farm scene. I think that brings a huge element. Now I have to come out to California and get some eggs. The reason why I'm walking around right now is because, you know, this place has some terrible service. So you're just trying to get... <laughs> trying to get to this place where it's just like, man, I hope this thing doesn't die. But you guys live there too, right? Yeah, we live there. Okay, great, great, great. And so you got all your... I mean, did you go to school out there? Is it hard to meet people out in the middle of nowhere? Or you guys got a lot of people out there? Uh, Yeah, yeah, we, we know some people. We know some people out there. Keep to yourselves. So, hey, man, you're in the podcasting world. I mean, as far as your reception so far... Are you getting new people that you've never met before to listen to the show and hit you up and that kind of stuff? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I get a bunch of people you know, that are hitting me up. And, you know, if you guys go to my Instagram, which is at jroswell1997, people plug the DMs, you know, with questions, like said, uh, like relationships, what have you. People plug my DMs with relationship questions. And, you know, I, I, have, uh, I have had a few guests on my show as well. Can I shout them out real fast? Of course, man. Of course. Yeah, man. So some, so some of the guests that I've had on my show, uh, the Big Head and Pudding podcast, they're called Big Head and Pudding. Make sure you guys go and check them out. All right, they're a married couple. They talk about some different stuff, man. They're really cool. Also, I want to give a shout-out to my homegirl, Amanda Rock. All right, her podcast is called Relatives and Pleasures with Amanda Rock. Man. So she, um, it's pretty awesome over there. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely, definitely, like, anybody that has a podcast that you could link up with is a great way to get yourself out there. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. just as far as network, especially right now, everybody's home. A lot of us are stuck home and what, how's the quarantine situation for you guys with this Corona stuff? How was that? How did that affect your everyday life? Well, because I'm the oldest of nine, you know, there's nine, you know, half of us are a little, half of them are little babies or what have you. The kids are out of school. So my mom is just like, you know, my parents, you know, they're stressed or what have you. Services and like keeping them busy and it's farm It's been tough. School being out, Damn, you guys got nine kids in the family. How do they take care? How are they taking care of nine kids? Well, hey, that's 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 <laughs> awesome, you know. But we want to get you uh, to the point where you're able to to go where you want and then come home and visit too. You know what I mean? And and keep that close yeah, close relationship sure. with your yeah. with your siblings and everything, you know. With nine siblings, you should have a pretty good listenership already. If they all listen, that'd be awesome. If they all listen to the show, at least yeah. to, you know. Yeah, well, but I mean, but half of them are like under the age of four, so. Well, you don't. Well, you don't swear on it, so I mean, at least. Uh, oh no. Not anymore. Are they all? Are they all? Uh, are they all foster kids as well? Are they all adopted? Your parents, God bless your parents, man. God bless them, you know. God bless people like that, that have patience to take care of. Look, man, that is a special thing. Scumbag Vinny approves, you know. That's all I could say about that one. Um, I come from a family of, I got four older sisters, and they're all biological. My mom just got pregnant a lot, you know what I mean? That was her thing. But all my sisters are older than me, and they've kind of got their own kids and Moved on. I mean, what? Uh, so you're a basketball fan? Do you like any other sports besides basketball? Uh, yeah, man. I like football. I played football for a little bit whenever I was a Who do you like? Who's your NFL team? Uh, the Patriots. Now we're not going to be friends anymore. I like the Patriots. 
It's crazy. Hey, man. I mean, it is what it is. I'm a it bro. I'm a I'm a I'm a a diehard Buffalo Bills fan. I love them. They lose all every year, so I really have no reason to even hate the Patriots. And I live in New England, so you think I would just love them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But now Brady's going to Florida, man, with Gronk. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, that's people are saying, you know, Brady should be done. He should retire. You know, the dude's got six Super Bowl rings. I'm like, you know what? Part of me is just like, what if he? What if he brings Tampa Bay a uh, Super Bowl? Of course. What, what if he? What if he just like? What if Tampa Bay they win the Super Bowl? Then Tom Brady's like, all right, I'm done. Well, hey, look, he could he could play as long as he wants, and you know what else? Uh, people don't realize that guys like that that that's all they do for twenty years, and they have all the money in the world, and then yeah. when they stop, they don't know what the hell to do. You know what I mean? And they're afraid to stop. If you hear you hear Tom Brady's story. You know, about the time that he just, from the time he got drafted in college to, like, the point where he was just, like, man. Just, if you hear Tom Brady's story, it's inspirational, you know, how he just became, like, one of the best quarterbacks in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I see your sticker back there. We've joked about it in the past. Are you actually a NASCAR fan? I am, actually, man. Uh, I am, too, man. A whole bunch of races. Have you? Yeah. I, that's awesome. That's a, Who's your favorite driver? Uh, Chase Elliott. Really? Chase Elliott, Chase Elliott yeah. I like you, dude. Yeah. I know a lot about I know a lot about the history of NASCAR. That's what I became interested in when I was younger. I like anything that I'm into. I like learning about the history of it. You know, I like learning about the history of professional wrestling too. They, just because they have long storied histories. And uh, Chase right. Elliott's dad, dude, Bill Elliott was the fucking man. Bill Yeah, my brother's uh, my brother's favorite driver was Dale Earnhardt Jr. But then Dale Earnhardt Jr. retired, and then he moved to uh, Kyle Larson, and then you know, and then Kyle Larson decided that he wanted to. Do you happen to? to the, and, yeah, do you, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll 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 drop you a few fans. The only black NASCAR fans there are. You just go ahead and say that and put the nail in that coffin. It would be a NASCAR. <laughs> it would be a NASCAR driver because you know what they think they have zero black fans. That's what they think. You know they're like ah, it's a bunch of redneck honkies. They got they got black drivers too. Bubba Wallace over here. I like Bubba Wallace, but I don't think he's got what it takes. I don't know. I look what well, from what I know. Um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. does have a new podcast out though. Have you heard his podcast? I've I've listened to some clips on YouTube. I have not. I mean, I have I heard of it mainly because I, I listen to Mike Tyson's podcast. I boxed with Mike Tyson. Oh wow! Junior on as a guest. Oh wow! So he talked about it. Yeah. No, you got to listen, man. Day. I mean, they they talk about more than just racing. You know what I mean? And they talk a lot about his history and the history of NASCAR because I don't know how much you know about the history of NASCAR. Do you know much about how it started? So NASCAR actually uh, started from the alcohol bootlegging business, bootlegging moonshine. So basically what would happen is these guys who would bootleg moonshine had to build their cars faster than police cars so that they can get away from cops in different states. And uh, eventually they got to the point where their cars were so fast, they started racing them on tracks. And that, that's how NASCAR actually started. Some of the first drivers in NASCAR actually were guys who also drove moonshine. So it's pretty wild, man, if you think about a sport starting from an illegal activity. You know what I mean? Especially uh, something like 
you know, bootlegging liquor through the prohibition era. It'd be something like, uh, you know, I start a new sport off of uh, smuggling marijuana, <laughs> some kind of running sport or something like that. Now I'm running across the border or something. I don't know. But anyways, I don't know. I'm kind of a I'm kind of a nerd for that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I like to find out why things are. You know, um, are you a wrestling fan at all? Do you like pro wrestling? No, I mean, not, I'm not really into it. I know my cousins; they're really big into it. You know, their favorite is John Cena. See, I can't, I can't watch it these days. But if I, if you go on YouTube and you watch some of the old clips of the guys from the '80s, uh, a lot of them were like so fucked up on cocaine and shit it's just like they're there to entertain children on a saturday but literally they're just injected with steroids and on painkillers and being forced to work like 350 days a year and some of them most of them they dude it's insanity they die prematurely uh who's fucking whose wife all this on like a saturday morning children's program so I like to find out like all those old crazy stories. And there's an a you. It's not very funny. I like to make things funny, but there's a YouTube series out now called uh, Dark Side of the Ring, where they talk about some of the craziest shit that has happened in that business. And uh, so I guess that's it, man. I like uh, as far as hobbies and shit. If I'm gonna watch something on TV, I want to know the history behind it, which is why I like Michael Jordan's documentaries so much because it gave us that like in depth on what he was going through at that moment or. You know, and I, I don't know. So I think uh, it interests me in the level of, like, creating some kind of documented series or, like, scripted documented series, something like that. You know, that's it's kind of uh, something I think I'd be interested in. We've been rambling on for a while now, man. I feel like uh, it's cool, though. I think that's good for our fans to uh, know that, you know, on, on my YouTube channel anyway, you guys go to Vincent Beetle, my YouTube channel, You'll be able to see me and J-Rudd talking every day. We're just going to be getting on the air and trying to create a following on YouTube, talking about all different topics and things. So sometimes you might hear us talk about something pretty useful. Sometimes you guys might just hear us rambling on about nonsense, you know, but that's pretty much what it's going to be. Um, so I'd like to keep these episodes to about 45 minutes. And with the first half that we have cut off, we're about there now. I, I would like to... Again, shout out our sponsors for the show, Sweet Heel CBD. If you go to www.sweetheel.com, use promo code BEETLE for 20% off purchases above $50. They have hand sanitizer there, guys. I know it's out in a lot of stores, and you guys are looking for it. This is infused with CBD products, but they have tons of other great products. Um, my mother, who was never a weed smoker, I am a weed smoker. She always was against it. She actually uses it. She just beat cancer and uh, breast cancer. And she actually uses the lotion uh, for her skin. Uh, I've used it to cure some eczema I have. The lotion works really good for that. There's some uh, chemicals that were in the marijuana that they extract out that actually with the lotion helps your skin. Uh, also, the muscle rub is unbelievable. They, they make this muscle rub that if you rub it into your knees, if your knees are, that's what my mom uses for her knees. They're hurting. It, the pain kind of goes away. Uh, so go there and check out the site. And the guy who started the company, who sponsors the Scumtown podcast, is my old science teacher. You guys would never believe that. Isn't that unbelievable, Joe? My old science teacher. I wish my old science teacher was that. Yeah, I mean, well, look, he was the kind of guy that 
kind of captivated me in the classroom, meaning like I didn't care about school, but when I did, it was listening to him. You know what I mean? Uh, he was that kind of teacher. And we just became friendly after uh, my high school career. We would do silly things like play wiffle ball together. He, he built his backyard to look like Fenway Park. So a bunch of us would, that after high school graduated would go there and play and use his field. And he was always so generous and such a great guy. And uh, he talked to me about this company, and he, it, it's actually located in Connecticut. And uh, since, since you know, promoting this company on the podcast, we've had over 150 people use the promo code Beetle and, and get some stuff. So even if you're just doing it to support us and support the podcast, do that. And uh, they're actually going to be starting tomorrow sponsoring the Jay Rudd's World podcast. So, Jay, are you excited about that? Cool. I think uh, having a sponsor for you guys will give a great way for fans to be able to support you and people who listen to the show and and also get products they need. So it's not like they're just giving the money away or wasting it or throwing it at something they don't want to. They could still get something useful out of it. So that's awesome. All right. And we're going to shout out Honda Hoarders. Once again, Vinny Staffa. Find them on Instagram at Honda Hoarders. They're at 20,000 plus followers on Instagram. Go to the Facebook group. They have over 30,000 people in this Facebook group, all dedicated to finding Honda quads, dirt bikes, trikes. Doesn't have to be just Honda brand. He runs companies that sell and buy all different brands of used ATVs and that kind of stuff. And doing that, what he does is, I guess, uh, they also have a fundraiser. They take some of the profits from each sale for the ATVs, and they end up collecting enough money to give a quad or a dirt bike to a kid less fortunate who can't afford one. So the fact that they do that actual um, thing themselves, I thought was really cool, and I wanted to mention that on every podcast going forward. Check us out on YouTube starting tomorrow and every day going forward. Me and Joe will be broadcasting live once a day. Check out Joe's podcast. Check out Joe on Instagram at jruddsworld1997 on IG. He just joined Twitter. You can find me on TikTok. We're at 58,000 people deep on TikTok at ScumbagVinny. I haven't started any dances or lip singing yet, but who knows? That stuff could be in the future. I, uh, I, don't, I don't mind it. Maybe me and you can do a, a duet or something sometime. I'm pretty sure people would enjoy that. Uh, so tune in, guys. J-Rudd, thank you for coming to Scumtown. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. Uh,